Hi, friends. I'm Rob Tigan. And I'm Joanna. And this is the Growing Home Together podcast. We're caring for the soul of your family, helping you grow closer to God and each other. Thank you for joining us today on the Growing Home Together podcast. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this past year threw up more barriers to passion and romance than ever before. I mean, maybe you baked so much banana bread during lockdown that you gained the COVID-19. Or maybe stress about money and kids and current events has spread you so thin that you just don't have anything left for each other. Or maybe you're both working from home or coming off of a long Christmas break and you've just had a little more togetherness than you can handle. Yeah, but now as we head into the new year, we want to give you some hope and help to put a passion back into your love life. So we're especially excited to welcome our guests today, Bill and Pam Farrell, to give us all some creative ideas and insight to make this happen. Thanks for taking the time to share with us today, Bill and Pam. It's so great to be with you too. I wish we were in the same city because I'm pretty sure we'd be, be best friends, double date. Absolutely. We'd be going out to lunch after this for sure. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great way to start the year, spending time with you guys. Yes. Well, you've, you've, you've been such a great encouragement to Joanna and I over the years um, in our marriage life and our kid life and just even in our writing and, and our ministry. And so can you tell us, uh, tell our listeners, our friends uh, a little bit about your marriage and your ministry? So we've been married um, in December. Uh, we will be married 42 years. That's oh. right. We got married in kindergarten. Just <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> we did get married young, but not that young. Yeah, we were 20 <laughs> when we met through the ministry of what's now called Crew in college. So it's a good place to meet a good man is at a leadership conference, a Christian leadership conference. And that's where I met Bill. Uh, for the first time. And uh, it was very memorable uh, in that I was with my girlfriends, memorable for me. Uh, I was with my girlfriends and they recognized uh, a white hat that Bill was wearing uh, because they had just come back from another Christian conference where some really great uh, godly guys all wore these white driver caps. And um, so they thought maybe they were friends or something. And sure enough, it was Bill's brother that they had met. Um, but my friend realized she went to kindergarten or second grade or something with one of the guys. And she's like, ah, started yelling. Uh, <laughs> and it was kind of embarrassing. I'm like, they're just standing there screaming in front of these guys we just met. So I kind of just went and sat down at that point. Uh, so I, I remember it, but Bill doesn't remember me because I wasn't one of the screaming girls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, if I were to summarize our marriage, when, when we got married, we got married because we were just madly in love with each other. And we had no idea that what God was doing was bringing two people who grew up in homes that should never be repeated. Mm-hmm. And he was bringing us together so that we could figure out a, a, a new way to do life. Yeah, we were pretty radical as far as like, whatever you want, Jesus, because our life always gets better when we say yes to you. So we were not afraid to marry at that young at 20, because we knew that Jesus and God's word was going to guide us to remake us uh, and remold us and give us something much better than the homes that of origin that we grew up in. And we have discovered that 
that as we shared our story, people just kind of gain hope because everybody grew up in an imperfect family. Right. And some people grew up in very difficult families. And so when we share our story about growing up in, in homes that were difficult and then seeing that God can create a whole new way of doing things. Like one of the amazing things to me is uh, after 41 years of marriage, it still feels like we've only been married about 10. I know. I feel like newlyweds and, a lot of times. And that's just a testament to the fact that when you take the, the risk of doing your family and your marriage the way God designed it, it really is amazing what can happen. Wow, that's and really I, cool. I know for me, I was really con- like the first time I heard that men marry women like their moms, I was frightened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I was pretty much uh, resigned to being single at that point. Yeah, you, like people need to understand what that really means, though, as Bill's mom is a- agoraphobic and a hoarder and struggled with a mental illness most of her life. and. She's pretty volatile and anger issues and other than that, that. Fine. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot in that one little sentence. Uh, and so the thing that God is so good though, in that he takes the best of your life. Like if Bill likes to use that story about the loaves and fishes and the little boy's lunch, you know, and if we just bring our loaves and fishes to Jesus, he adds, never feels like enough, right? It right. never feels like enough. It always feels small. But if we just bring our loaves and fishes to Jesus, he adds himself, the yeah. God of all creation, uh, adds himself to our marriages. And wow. What transformation, you know, what amazement we will see if we just bring what we have, even if it's broken, even if it's in pieces, Mm -hmm. even if it's just crazy. Like um, one day when all of our parents are no longer with us, we're pretty sure we're going to write a book about uh, the crazy train and how to get off of it. Um, So if we just bring everything to Jesus, he adds himself and it's all good. We see the miracles, the relationship miracles that only God can do. Yeah, that's so great because um, you're, you know, you're a testament that uh, you don't have to necessarily have that figured out. But if you surrender your lives to God, you can not have a marriage where you're just surviving, but where you're really thriving um, and and continually moving forward even after 41 years, right? Exactly. And it's like moment by moment through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, like I said, our lives always get better when we say yes to Jesus, but that yes is a daily yes. It's a moment by moment. Yes. So our, our baggage could easily catch up to us if we refuse to surrender and obey. You know, I, when I was a little girl, that, that song, trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. A lot of good theology in that one chorus right yeah, there. For, for sure. Right. And you know, Rob, I would add to what you said, you know, surrendering to Jesus, and then we want to work smart. Like, yeah. like the thing that we have figured out, the, the reason why we are still in love after 40 years and why we still have a passionate life together is because we cooperated with the way God made us and worked smart. And I tell guys all the time, if your car needs oil and you spend a lot of time washing and waxing it, like we appreciate the effort, but it doesn't address the issue. Mm-hmm, right. And so even building an intimate life, if you work smart, it's amazing how that intimate life continues throughout your life. And if you if you don't work smart, it's amazing how how often you get your feelings hurt and you create distance between each other. 
Yeah, that red hot monogamy, as we like to call it, is a good thermostat um, and thermometer. And it sets the tone of your marriage as well as it kind of lets you know how well you're doing uh, by if you want that uh, to extend that affection and that intimacy and have that wow and pizzazz extended to one another. Yeah, I think it's easy sometimes for us as couples to get tripped up because um, we either think because we have we have surrendered our relationship to Jesus or because we're madly in love um, that it should just come naturally and easy and, and there shouldn't be, it, it shouldn't be this hard sometimes, you know, and, and that leads to kind of our, you know, into our topic here of, of keep putting the passion back in, in our love life. We, we wonder sometimes like, why do we so many things come in the way of something that that's important, right? So, um, so that's that's a good word. Yeah, we were hoping that you could um, give us a little insight into what are some of the most common challenges that um, keep husbands and wives from having an exciting or an intimate love life. Yeah, when we think about the um, challenges of what keeps people from having that woo, red hot monogamy, um, you know, it, it's really, it's not a lot of things. Um, it is just some familiar territory that we all need to guard against. And like one of them is just so running so busy that it's like two train tracks, you know, and they don't cross. It's like you're each doing your own individual lives and they never intersect. You, you even doing good things, healthy things, family things, work things, but you don't make that time for romance uh, once a week. Or as we um, encourage, we actually have two times a week that we set aside for um, our marriage. And one is our Monday morning marriage meetup. Um, and then we just released that new book on that topic. Um, called Marriage Meetup's 52-week devotional planner for couples that want passion, purpose, and productivity. And then the other is our Red Hot Monogamy Night uh, that is like full of romance and fun and dating. And it's why you first fell in love. And so having those two markers every week, those two appointments that show value to your spouse, that keeps the you know, fanning the flame on the romantic side of your life. And, you know, Rob, when we talk about people getting busy, like we don't do that with any sense of condemnation. Right. We we recognize that one of the biggest challenges to intimacy is responsibility because the average adult doubles his or her responsibility level every 10 years. Okay. So at 30, you have twice the responsibility you had at 20. And at 40, you have four times the responsibility you had at 20. Wow. And so early on in a marriage, it's easy to find spontaneous time. It's easy to find downtime. But as time goes on, you just naturally get busier. And so the longer you're married, the more intentional you have to be about when you're going to be intimate with one another. Okay. And, and and it seems to be a topic people don't want to talk about. Like they don't want to bring it up in their planning. Which is uh, quite unfortunate <laughs> because the more you talk about uh, SEX, uh, the more you be about right. SEX. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the more, like that's why in Red Hot Monogamy, we have um, hands-on homework 
pun completely intended (laughs) uh, at the end of every chapter. And um, also we have communication questions. Like if I put my hands over your eyes and then took them off and said, surprise, what would you want to see? I mean, just some conversation starters to have you talk about the intimate part of your marriage Mm -hmm. helps you then, you know, stoke the fires. For sure. Right. And that leads to another question I have for you is, is really for a lot of people talking about sex can feel pretty awkward. Um, especially if you were brought up where that was just a forbidden topic or something like that. Um, so what are some ways to help us open up communication in our marriage to talk about those things? Well, the first thing I would say is let somebody else lead the conversation if it's awkward for you. Right. That's why the questions are in red hot monogamy, because a lot of people, that's how they feel. It's like, I just want to do it. I don't want to talk about it. But then, <laughs> then you're not doing it. <laughs> right. Well, right. The, well, like there are topics in the book that we bring up that may be really hard for you, you know you to bring up. So you can show that to your spouse and say, Hey, I, I want to talk about this right here. I just point on the page where the information is. And that way you are having a conversation, but you can get past the awkward beginning of it. Right, right. And then we have 200, more than 200 red hot ideas, ideas for romance, intimacy uh, in the book. And we encourage you, hey, each of you take a highlighter, you know, blue and pink, let's say, and you'll highlight the ones that you're interested in. And then take a Sharpie and just mark off the ones like, yeah, not in my lifetime, Um, because (laughs) it's your intimate life. You're designing your intimate life. And by doing that, by highlighting what you're each interested in, then it keeps uh, it keeps the conversation fun and it keeps you looking forward to time together. Like, ooh, let's try that. Ooh, let's try this. Um, Oh, that sounds fun. You know, so it just keeps it um, at this fun friendship level, you know, um, that we have a secret. We have this wonderful secret that's a part of our marriage, and it's called, you know, red hot monogamy. God gave it as a gift, and um, there's many reasons that God gave it as a gift. We um, go through five different reasons why God the creator created uh, sex and intimacy to build into your marriage. Well, the other thing I would recommend to couples who find this awkward is to, to just start practicing. Like if you set aside a time to say, hey, we're going to talk about our intimate life, um, and but, but we have an out. Like if it gets too weird for you or it gets too hard for you, we, we have a phrase that, that ends that conversation and we'll pick it up next time. Because if you're uncomfortable talking about sex, the only way to get comfortable about with it is to start. Mm-hmm. For sure. if, you start, if you have a series of short conversations that go well, then you will grow into being able to have longer conversations about it. And that's why sometimes we encourage um, couples to take the book away on a weekend so that it's not rushed, that you can relax together. You can like cuddle up on the sofa or you can, um, you know, climb into a hammock and just rest in each other's arms and have the conversation in a way that is more natural to your relationship. Yeah. And I think that's what I liked about the the book, Red Hot Monogamy, is I noticed, you know, a lot of books will give one or two ideas in the back of the, you know, each chapter or something, but you have so many ideas that um, couples can bounce around and find what they're comfortable with and what kind of fits their personality. And so it does give them some good, uh, great ideas for that. So 
Um, which also leads into my next question is, is why, why is our sex sexual relationship so important in our marriage? Cause you know, I mean, you might think, well, it's, you know, isn't it just natural that as, um, we get older that maybe our love life slows down or, you know, we've got kids, of course we're tired and we're not so it's easy to kind of push it to the side. Um, so are we making too big a deal of it or, or why is it so important? Well, the answer, of course, is yes and no, because some people do make too big a deal out of it. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, you know, it becomes an all consuming passion, which then interrupts a bunch of uh, a bunch of life. Like sometimes when people get addicted to a pornography, um, then it, it 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 becomes insatiable and nothing will fulfill it. And it takes you down this awful rabbit hole where um it's more mind consuming, but less, um, connecting and less, um, fulfilling. So that's definitely not the way to go. Pornography is not the way to improve your sex life. It will actually erode it. But also I I think a lot of people, they, they devalue sex over time Mm -hmm. And, and we forget that there's a very strong tie in the Bible between the intimacy in marriage and the proclaiming of the gospel. Mm. In Ephesians 5.33, there's a very clear reference where Paul says, um, you know, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And the very next verse, he says, but I'm speaking about Christ and the church. Hmm. And when a couple is one, when a couple is joined together, and, you know, they become one flesh, as the Bible talks about, so that they're, they're emotionally, spiritually, socially, and sexually connected to each other, that relationship proclaims the gospel of Christ, which is the most important message on the planet. And it's the reason why there's so much misinformation out there and why so much sexual activity is just perverted and weird is because there's actually a spiritual assault on marriages to blur our sexual activity. Right. And for a couple that wants to represent Christ in all areas, working on their intimate life is one of those areas that makes the gospel of Jesus clearer to other people. And it's not that we have to talk about the details of our intimate life. We actually encourage you not to talk about the details with other people, with other people, with other people. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, you But rather it's the results people see. Like, let me just give you an, like Bill and I, we've been trained in all kinds of ways to share uh, the gospel with people from the four spiritual laws, the steps with peace with God to, you know, using colors and a bracelet. And I mean, there's all kinds of ways, but it's our relationship that actually has brought more people to know Jesus because they simply say, wow you have something that I want. And what is that? And then we get to share the Jesus component of our marriage and they just see it's the way you like smile when your mate walks into the room, as you walk by, you touch your mate, uh, you say nice things about them. There's a sparkle in your eye and a spring in your step. When red hot monogamy is going well, it radiates out love and um, Bill and I on our gifts that we gave to each other at our wedding is our marriage verse, um, which is first John four nineteen. We love because God first loved us. And so that becomes evident. And um, let me just give you a little illustration. When Bill and I first moved to um, San Diego County, when Bill was 28, to 
to begin pastoring, being a lead pastor of a small church, um, we thought, how can we best reach this community? Well, we're both athletes. So, hey, let's just be coach. Let's coach stuff. And um, so um, Bill was a soccer coach and I was a perpetual team mom. And one woman, uh, she she came to every practice. I'll call her name Trina. Trina came to every practice. She had three kids and she was current by three different men. And she uh, was pregnant at the time, currently living with a condom salesman. Are you catching the okay. irony? Of that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so she had all kinds of spiritual questions. And um, so I said, Hey, why don't you just come to my house once a week and I'll answer your questions and then we'll take the kids to the park or the beach or whatever. And so she was doing that. She wasn't really doing any of her homework that I gave her, but she was showing up. Mm -hmm. And one day, um, Bill had borrowed our van. Uh, we had, the other car was in the shop. And so he had taken the van to work and he was going to bring it home so we could go to the beach. And there's a principle that we teach in our bestseller, men are like waffles and like spaghetti, that the thing you love most about your spouse can become a source of irritation over time. And so one of the things I love about Bill is he like is such a great listener. He, he like, that's how I fall in love with them, but he never checks his watch because he would never like take his eyes off you to check his watch because that's like rude, right? So he's always running a little bit late. And so that's the irritation. But he knows this about himself. So this particular day, he was supposed to bring the van home. Right, And in, in between the office and our house, there's a flower stand where I can get a dozen short stem roses for $5. And so I figured if I'm going to be late, I might as well make a big entrance. So he comes <laughs> And he gives me the flowers and he gives me a kiss. He's like, hey, I'll load the things in the van for you girls to hit the beach. And my friend said, whoa, stop. And Bill stopped in his tracks. And um, she's like, okay, uh, did your Jesus make him bring you those flowers? And I said, yeah, you could say that. She's like, okay, now I'm ready to know your Jesus. <laughs> See, I want the light to mm -hmm. the world. Because yeah. we live in a very hungry world that wants to know, does anybody have the real thing? Families are shining a light that way now more than ever. So also, like, it's good for you as a couple. Studies have uh, shown that a couple who is sexually active, um, it's good for them emotionally. It's good for them physically. It's good for them socially. It's good for them spiritually. And, and God has put a couple of mandates in the human race to help make this go. Like, like men have a physical mandate. You know, as, as you know, Rob, we're okay if our if our sex life is active enough that we're engaging pretty much right. every week. We're we're okay with that, and if it doesn't happen, we can start to get irritated because there's a physical mandate in our bodies. But at the same time, there's an emotional mandate in the ladies' lives that they long to be connected to the people they care about. And if a man is investing in that emotional connection to the point that it leads to sexual activity, and if the women are are willing to engage sexually suddenly now both mandates get met and all of marriage goes better. The Bible is clear that we're not to deprive one another. Um, and I was sitting in the doctor's office um, because this is early in our marriage. I uh, had a couple of kids, you know, and um, I struggled with migraine headaches. So I was going to talk to her about my headaches. And 
So um, I remember reading that verse about not depriving one another and praying, God, you know that I want to say yes to Bill as much as possible um, because my life is always better when I say yes to you. And plus, yes to Bill, I mean, that's a good result. But I literally and legitimately can say, not tonight, I have a headache. So I'm sitting there in this doctor's office and I'm reading a magazine and there's a sidebar that shares of that sex is actually good uh, for migraines because it opens up those blood vessels and it m- takes the pain away. And I, I thought, oh, awesome. Now it's <laughs> yes, tonight I have a headache. I know when Rob and I got married, you know, you have the picture in your mind of growing old together and we're going to be on the porch in our rocking chairs, holding hands and stay in love for 80 years that we're married. Right, honey? Right. (laughs) But, you know, I don't think that we are given a lot of um, encouragement or insight about what it means to grow older together in our love life. And, you know, our spouse's Mm. body after a while, isn't the one that we knew on our wedding night. I mean, we have the effects of pregnancy and childbirth and aging and lifestyle. And, um, I could see how that could create insecurity that could become kind of a barrier to intimacy. How would you speak into that? You know, one 80 year old couple said it to us best. They said, um, quality replaces quantity over time. And I just thought that was the sweetest thing ever. In fact, we have some really fun stories about red hot monogamy. Um, one couple, they had both lost their spouses and they were in their late eighties and they went on a cruise with us and they said, Hey, we're so excited. We're checking off all 200 of those before we die. That's what's on our bus list. Doing all 200 ideas. <laughs> That's so sweet. And then um, Bill was speaking uh, for Promise Keepers Canada. And um, he he had a guy come by the table like, I love this book. And then he brought an older right. gentleman. So, so yeah, the, this young guy was coming and talking. He said, man, th- did you write this book? I'm like, well, yeah, my wife. He's go, thank you so much. My wife and I, we've read this <laughs> twice now. We're loving it. It's fantastic. And then a, a middle-aged guy walked up to the table. And, and this young guy turned to him and said, hey, have you seen this book right here? Like, if you don't have this book right here, you really should get this book. And he goes, whoa, 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 stop. You're married to my daughter. I don't want to talk about it. That's great. That's great. <laughs> you know, Joanna, I, I so appreciate you bringing this up because we tend to focus on this question as we age because our, as our bodies change, our sex life does change also. Right, it morphs. But it's not just a, like a second half of life question. The way that God has designed marriage is marriage changes every seven to 10 years. And God put that in there so we could renew our relationship mm-hmm. every every decade or so. So it's kind of exciting. It, like yeah. Bill likes to say he's been married to. But, but I've been married to like six different <laughs> women and they're all named Pam. That's great. <laughs> and when you have the habit of saying, what do we want our sex life to look like in the next season of life? and you're designing your sex life together, then it can change with you. And the way the Bible presents our sexual activity is it is a relational decision between a husband and wife on how you want to express love to each other. And we live in a world that presents it as a consumer commodity. And so it always has to be new. It always has to be exciting. It always has to be this. And if you're in the habit of, of talking about what do we want our intimate life to look like, 
Then as your body changes and you're used to redesigning your sexual activity, it then matures with you, it adjusts with you, and you find that you keep the strong connection through all the seasons of life and all of the changes that you go through. And sometimes it's really just small little tweaks that you make um, as you get older. For example, um, instead of late at night when you're exhausted, you might have red hot monogamy in the morning. Um, you, instead of like, oh, let's watch a movie and then have red hot monogamy. Oh no, change up the order. You have red hot monogamy and then you watch the movie. Because if you're going to fall asleep on something, you fall asleep (laughs) on the TV, not on your stuff. Well, you know, it's small little changes that add up in a big way um, over time. I love that because it turns um, the whole perspective kind of on its head because usually we kind of look, well, once we get through this season, you know, of young kids, then maybe we will start with the red hot monogamy more often and, or, or, you know, this season's coming up of, you know, menopause or whatever. And, and we tend to look at it from the negative. Like once we get through this season, then maybe something will change and that kind of brings it where if you're proactive and you're doing that communication, like you talked about, you're saying, okay, we're moving into a new season. What are the exciting things that, and changes we can make to, for this season of our, our marriage. And I I love that. Yeah. What I love so much about what you do is you, you encourage us all to be so intentional. You know, it's not going to just happen. And so that intentionality and, and even making it fun is just so, um, so neat. And, you know, we've all heard the expression that, uh, sex starts in the kitchen. <laughs> so uh, yeah. you've got to give us some of your great ideas about what we can do outside the bedroom to um, create passion and romance in our relationship. That's actually the core of red hot monogamy is if you look down at your uh, diamond, um, the diamonds have many facets and as so does red hot monogamy. Um, we look at all the areas of intimacy and we try to help you gain unity in each one of those areas um and then red hot monogamy just happens it's just combustible it happens naturally when you're on the same page socially uh when you like have a great friendship uh financially if you're not arguing about money you're going to have more red hot monogamy recreational uh if you enjoy some similar activities like bill and i we love kayaking and biking together and um dancing um vocationally if you've worked out your careers and how you can both move forward and you value each other um, parentally, if you're on the same page on how you're raising kids. And that's another reason why folks should listen to your awesome podcast. Cause you guys give great parental advice. Um, and then emotionally, if you've taken care of the baggage of the past and maybe gotten some counseling, if you need it. Um, and spiritually, if you worship together, like there's some amazing stats out there. If you go to church together, if you're in a small group Bible study, um, if you pray for one another, you're going to rate your sex life as the highest possible rating. So, I mean, that is like proven commodity, uh, that, the more passion we have towards Jesus, Jesus boomerangs that passion back into our intimate lives. And then sexual um, intimacy. Um, are we investing in growing in that area of red hot monogamy in our life? And so we walk you through each chapters, eight chapters, and there's eight different um 
parts of intimacy, and we walk you through each one of those. And there's also eight chapters in Song of Songs. So God thinks Red Hot Monogamy is important. He put a whole book in the Bible that kind of is a word picture of a real life married couple. Um, and so there's eight chapters in Song of Songs. There's eight chapters in Red Hot Monogamy. And so we walk you through how to gain intimacy in each one of those areas. Um, and as you gain intimacy in each one of those facets of your love, then your red hot monogamy is going to improve and you're going to enjoy it more and it'll happen more often. Yeah. And just a couple of things I would share with the men. Uh, the first thing is I would look for a way to exercise together. Yeah. Now, some of the couples listening are very athletic and they love doing almost anything outdoors. Um, other people like exercise is almost a bad word for them. Um, and so, so I would encourage you to tailor this to who you are and your current health status. But studies have shown that even just a little bit of exercise that a couple shares together helps them physically because it releases endorphins. It gets blood flowing better. Um, you also tend to, your respiratory system opens up and you feel better about yourself. You're feeling better about your body because you're getting in shape. Um, plus, every time you have a shared experience that you enjoy, it releases oxytocin into your system. So if you exercise in a way that you both enjoy, like this is not a competition. This is not a, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get there first because then, then somebody wins and the relationship loses at that right. point. But some form of exercise on a regular basis will help you in this arena. And I would also say to men, Men, look for ways to come to your wife's rescue. Studies have shown that when a circumstance is important to a female and she can't get the circumstance to work right, it will make her angry because she's afraid. And if you can run in and help, that's why helping with the dishes, helping with a hobby that she loves, the kids, helping with some perceived crisis, or just helping with overwhelming responsibility tends to draw her heart to you. Because you have rescued her from that thing that would otherwise make her angry out of fear. And, you know, sometimes it's a really simple thing. Like um, Bill and I, we go on a prayer walk every night at um, about sunset. And on the way out, we'll listen to a clean comedian and we'll laugh together. And on the way back, we will share prayer requests and pray for each other. And um, the positive thing about that is we are getting closer to each other closer to God and thinner all at the same time. Yes. Those are great. Those are great ideas. I know Joanna and I, before uh, COVID hit, we had started uh, at a gym together and we were meeting with a personal trainer once a week together. And it did make a huge difference. Just, I mean, having that, that shared common uh, goal and, okay. and reaching those goals together, that was fun. And then um, I'm glad you guys mentioned prayer too, because Joanna and I have found that is a huge component um, for, you know, both keeping our hearts soft towards each other, but also keeping um, us open and intimate um, and close to each other. So prayer has been a huge part of that. So I'm glad you mentioned uh, both of those. So It's one of the reasons, you know, we mentioned the Marriage Meetups book that we just wrote that helps couples get together and keep their life on track. Well, one of the habits in there is to get you to pray together. And we give prayer prompts because we know when a couple prays together, there's a connection that nothing else on earth develops. Right. Yeah, we start and we end the marriage meetup with prayer. And then we also have 
um, personal affirmations um, that we give. And the first one is something that happened in the week before that you want to say thanks to your mate for. So you come in with this positive attitude. And then at the end, um, you thank them for something that they did or said during the meeting that made your life better. And so we bookend prayer and positivity on both ends of the marriage meetup. And then um, a part of the marriage meetup, um, as we, I mean, we're going to talk about priorities and people we have to schedule and projects and who's going to do what. And, you know, the work side of marriage, it is a, it's um, to help you work together well and gain productivity and passion and purpose. And so the passion part is that's when you schedule when you're going to have romance that's, that week. And we really believe in scheduling. And um, in fact, we, in our book, Red Hot Monogamy, uh, we talk about how much time it takes to have a red hot relationship. And it's an acrostic. And T is for... That's 10 or 20 minutes just to check in each day with each other. So it's not problem solving. It's just, it's just asking, hey, how are you doing? And then the I is for invest in that weekly date night. And we talked about that, how we have two times, one for romance and one for the marriage meetup. And then the M is for a monthly day away. So this is long enough so that you can go away and remember, oh, yeah, that's why I fell in love with you. I mean, you're away from life long enough where you can feel emotionally connected and then have time to physically connect as well. So everybody's happy at the end of that day. Uh, And then the E is for escape. Escape once a year. We actually encourage twice a year if at all possible possible. Once a year would be for a marriage conference, say coming to one of you guys' marriage conferences or one of our Love Wise marriage conferences. Um, Or the second time is just to get away for Valentine's Day, anniversary, a part of a vacation for 24 to 48 hours, just to rest, recharge, relax, and have um, a red hot monogamy. So, you know, sleep when you're tired, eat when you're hungry, and have sex in between. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, um, it's, it's simple in some respects, but, you, you know, you'd think 20, 20 minutes a day wouldn't be hard, but our lives get busy. And so being yeah. intentional, even about taking that 20 minutes to check in with each other is a great start. And so, yeah, time, I like it. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you shared with us about your set of his and hers copies of marriage meetups since we're all Mm -hmm. jumping into a new year here pretty soon. Um, what a great time to start using a tool like that. Um, for our friends who are listening, you can learn more about these on Bill and Pam's website, lovewise.com and that's love dash wise.com. And we will also be giving away a set of these for you. So if you head over to this podcast post on our website, growinghometogether.com, you'll be able to enter to win copies of your very own. Yeah. So uh, thanks so much for spending time with us today, Bill and Pam. We uh, really appreciate your great insight and wisdom that you, you gave us today. Well, we pray that everyone will have um, plenty of red hot monogamy. Let's all be bright lights of God's love by loving our spouse well. And hey, I'm going to make sure you get a copy of Red Hot Monogamy to give away as well, because Valentine's Day is just around the corner as well. And so it's good to be prepared for that fun holiday, too. Oh, that's great. Our, the uh, 
our friends will love that. So before we wrap up, would one of you mind uh, praying for those uh, folks listening today who are are praying for a closer and more fulfilling love life uh, together? Yeah, Pastor Bill will. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your creative uh, ingenuity. Like none of us would have come up with this idea of making us male and female. None of us would have come up with the idea of marriage on our own, but what a beautiful thing you have created. And so Lord, thank you for making us male and female. Thank you for creating us to meet needs in one another's lives that are, are, are just phenomenal and exciting and agonizing all at the same time. And so, Lord, would you give each of us that's listening the grace to love our spouse in a way that opens up all of our potential? I pray for the men that you would show us how to love our wives as you love the church and show us how to lavish them with with praise, show us how to lavish them with support, show us how to lavish them with the messages of their value in our lives. And I pray that you would use all of that love to draw couples together. And then for all the ladies listening, I pray that you would show them how to help their wives succeed in all areas of life, in communication, in their careers, in their walk with you, in their parenting, and in their personal lives. And then, Lord, I pray that you would draw us as couples to to our spouses and energize our love lives so that the world around us will recognize the hope that is in you simply because of the love that is growing in our marriages. So I commit all these marriages to your grace now. I pray you would do through them what is beyond them and bring great fulfillment to their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for joining us, Bill and Pam. And thanks to all of you listening in today. At Growing Home Together, we're helping you to care for the soul of your family. And we're growing home together with you.